my friends. We're going to talk step one of Alcoholics Anonymous today with some beautiful techno music to help you more easily digest what I'm saying. Because if you're an alcoholic like me, I'm grateful I'm sober nine years in AA now. The first step of Alcoholics Anonymous was the hard step. That's what took me the longest, is realizing I cannot drink safely. That anyone who is smart, reasonable, rational, logical, normal, healthy, anyone who'd wrecked a car, lost jobs, made their bodies suffer physically and mentally, put on weight, said things they didn't like, Anyone who'd had all the negative experiences I'd had from drinking alcohol, who was sane, would simply never drink again. First step of Alcoholics Anonymous is about realizing I am insane. And not just I, but we. When we come to Alcoholics Anonymous as newcomers, we are insane. Because the first part of the first step says that we are powerless over alcohol which means we can't control what happens when we drink. Now, a lot of us look for loopholes. Like, well, sometimes I can control what happens when I drink. But what about those other times where you said you were just going to have one, where you were going to be home by a certain time and you were out late, or you didn't even come home at all? What about the times you ended up in jail, which I never did, or wrecking a car, which I did? And that at the beginning of the night, you never could have imagined that's how things were going to end up. That's powerlessness. That means once you take that first drink, you can't be sure what will happen next. When I wake up in the morning and I'm sober, I can be sure what's going to happen next. As long as I don't take a drink. I'm going to drive safe. I'm going to treat people nicely. I'm going to go help others. I'm going to take care of myself. Now, the second part of step one is what was really tricky for me because I realized I drank more than most people for a long time. Although we often will pick other people who drink more than most people to hang out with too to compare ourselves with. But the second part of step one is that our lives have become unmanageable. That means that even though I don't drink and I get sober, even though I know I'm powerless over alcohol, even though I know all these bad things happen to me because of drinking, I still have relentless thoughts and physical desires to drink anyway. And that's an unmanageable life. When you're craving something that is bad for you, when you're wanting to do something that hurts yourself and others around you, because the truth about alcohol is it's not good for anybody even people who just have a drink or two here often will put themselves in bed with a hangover accidentally or put on weight or simply not reach their full potential and realize that you can have social interactions without a drink or two even for regular people alcohol is a waste of time and money and a limitation but for alcoholics this absolute poison that is killing us that's the truth it's not 
this thing that's great, that's making our lives better, that's helping us cope and deal with it. It's causing us more suffering, more pain. I was telling somebody the other day that yes, at nine years sober, I generally don't get as euphoric and crazy as I got when I drank. But I also don't pay the hundred times as much pain that I experienced in exchange for those few moments or few hours at most of euphoria. The price we pay for drinking is simply not ever worth it. Now, a lot of us, once we realize, wow, I know drinking's bad for me. I know it's hurting everybody around me, my relationships, my job performance, my health. That's where the real step one kicks in is when you realize I still want to do it anyway. I don't care how bad it is for me. I don't care how many times I've told people to stop, that I would stop. How many times people have asked me to please don't drink anymore or to please just have one. It doesn't matter what other people have done or said. It doesn't matter that I said I love my family, that I said I'm going to lose weight, that I said I won't drink anymore. My mind still wants to do it anyway. And that was when I had my big breakthrough and really worked step one is when I realized that I told everybody I'm getting sober, that I'm going to Alcoholics Anonymous, that I bought the book, that I'm reading it, and I still want to drink anyway. That's how I know I'm a real alcoholic. That's how you know that you've really done step one is when you stop laboring under the delusion that you can just easily put alcohol down and it's never a big deal for you again. And lots of people who are new don't really get step one because your mind being insane when you're an alcoholic will play tricks on you. You won't drink for a day or a week or a couple weeks, maybe even a few months after something bad happened. I got sober a bunch of times after something bad happened. I stayed sober in college for a week after I wrecked my car. I stayed sober after a big fight with my wife a few times for a few months. But the real insanity is when you see the tricks your mind plays. That even though you told your wife you'd never drink again, it's three months later. And now you can barely remember the promise you made three months ago. Now you can barely remember the pain. And your insane mind is only thinking about, oh, I'm stressed out. If I take a drink, I might feel better in the next five or 10 minutes. That's insane. Step one, if you've really worked it, you realize I'm an insane person. I sabotage myself and then blame other people for doing that to me. That I hurt myself more than anybody else hurts me. And in fact, alcoholics, we generally hurt ourselves and sabotage ourselves more than all other people combined. Step one is about realizing even if I try and stay sober, my insane mind is working against me. Even my body feels like it's working against me. That I'll turn into the liquor store parking lot by accident. That I'll just end up somewhere and I didn't even mean to. That I took a drink and I didn't even think I was ever going to do that again. Step one is all about making your drinking and your sobriety as it is utterly hopeless. 
Because if you were sober in a way that was enjoyable and satisfying and you loved it, you would naturally have no desire to drink again. A lot of people new in AA think with this false sense of security, which is also called a pink cloud. You come in, something bad happened, and your mind tells you, that's it, this drinking thing's over with. It'll never be an issue again. And what happens? All of a sudden, something happens, some flip happens, the insanity clicks on in the mind. And despite days, weeks, or months of sobriety, all of a sudden the insanity kicks in and says, I think we could have a drink today. Come on, my wife's at work. She was mean last night. Let's have a drink. I'm bored. You'll know you've really done step one when you realize my current situation is hopeless and I desperately need help. And I'm not even sure exactly what kind of help I need. But that's where we move on to step two. We start to realize other people have been through this and have been restored to sanity. Maybe I can too.